0: Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at mommydiary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm so excited that you're back here with me again. And today I have a very, very interesting guest. She's one of my first mom friends on Instagram and her name is Ashley. And she is just this, this amazing mom and also a very inspirational person in the mom online entrepreneur space. And I asked her to come on because I felt that she has a lot of great insight and just so much knowledge that she can share with moms who are working from home and who are just trying to build a brand presence online. Ashley's a mom, a four-year-old daughter. She's a former special ed teacher, turned blogger, and she has an amazing blog called Taylor-MadeMama.com. And I also follow her on Pinterest because her Pinterest game is off the hook. I think you are an amazing Pinterest blogger, and we can talk about that in more detail. So Ashley is a personal branding coach for mom entrepreneurs, and she helps them build out a framework to create message-driven impact as well as multiple income streams online. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so
1: honored to be here. You've always been a huge inspiration and friend, but speaking of Pinterest, I feel like I learned or you originally referred me to a course or something where I learned about Pinterest and it's been so game changing. You were just so encouraging when I first got into uh, the blogging world and we connected and you were just an open book sharing. Oh yeah. Like this is a great resource. That's a great resource. And I just appreciate you so much. And
0: Well, thank you so you much. There? And I know Master um, and I, we met when we we're just beginning our blogging um, so we were bloggers. I think you had your blog, too, but we began using Instagram as an extension of our blog, and that's how we connected. And I love her content. Mm-hmm. and she has a lot of like valuable things like toddler. I loved her toddler traveling ideas. I think those are the ones I still see them circulating on Pinterest. Whenever I see it, I think, oh my gosh, hey, that's Ashley's pins, and I know <laughs> they they're like going viral. But um <laughs> before I continue, I just wanted to be honest with my listeners. I was just telling Ashley, that I'm in the process of weaning, Rumi, or not weaning, but I'm trying to cut down my feedings. And I have like, kind of like the breast duct, you know, that clogged duct type of symptom. Mm. So I'm feeling not I'm not feeling as well. Um, but really, I was really excited to have Ashley on the show. So I just want the listeners to know if I'm not my usual self, please know that this is just two moms who are working from home and who are, you know, really working hard to get our message and our content out there. But given the circumstances, it's not always perfect. And Ashley and I were just talking about this before. And I think that's what I love about this podcast is that we can be honest about our struggles. Yeah, amen. It's so refreshing. Thank you for creating the space. Yeah, so you know, I was telling Ashley, um, I have this tendency to want everything perfect. When you're a blogger, you know, you want to create this really picture perfect, you know, content, whether it's a photo or a blog and, you know, blogs, you can always go back and edit for something like Facebook Live, for example, that Ashley does a lot now to help her mom community that we can talk about soon and even for the podcast it's never going to be perfect and there are times when I log off and I'm thinking oh shoot I think I should have said this this way or that came out wrong but you know I think it's really important for us moms to give each other grace and just know that we're all doing our best especially given this like unique situation in 2020 Mm, yes (laughs) yes Yeah, so um yes. that's like really what this podcast is about and I'm so excited to have you on the show as a guest cuz I'm really excited to hear your story as well. Before, you know, we move on to your Facebook group, can you tell us and take us through, you know, your experience as a special ed teacher and why you became a blogger and how that transition looked like?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's been a strange and amazing last I'd say five years. Well, since my daughter was born, she's four and a half. Now I was in the field of special education for 13 years. So that was my, you know, my career taught for nine years, middle school, special education. I loved every single day of it, uh, transitioned into like a district office role as a, uh, program coordinator, which no one ever really knows what that is. So I was a program coordinator for the last, I
0: know what that is. Okay, yes. So the last as a special ed mama, like you guys are very important, because you're the person like if you have children with special needs, some of my listeners too, they do have children with special needs. So you contact Mm -hmm. the program coordinator, and they're Mm -hmm. the ones that kind of mediate between the the classroom teachers, and then the administrators, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. And just working with working with the families and working with the teachers and just making sure that the individual education programs are on point and everyone's getting what they need. And I loved that. And my, you know, my ultimate goal uh, was to become a director of special education, just a huge passion. Uh, But this was before I had my daughter. And so I had these huge career goals and went back and got my master's degree. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, you know, really go full force with this. I want to make impact in this space and um, help families and help kids. And then I had my daughter or got pregnant with my daughter, went on maternity leave, had no plan of not, not going back to work, if that makes sense. But when I went back to work, I quickly realized, well, gosh, I wish I really had a little bit more of a, a plan B or something a bit more flexible because although I loved my career, I was working 60, 70 hours a week you know I was fortunate enough to when I when I did go back to work my mom was able to for that year I went back watch my daughter but I just thought long term you know gosh even though even though I I did feel like I was making an impact and I was serving in the way that I was meant to at the time I really wanted to have more time with my daughter and so caveat when I was on maternity leave I started tailor made mama that's when I started my blog on maternity leave just wanting to have a way to connect with other moms through writing. I just, I love writing. Um, I think we share that in common, obviously. I love to express myself through writing. I've always been that way. In fact, my first blog, I was laughing. I was thinking about, oh, when did I start my blog? My first one, which I can't even remember the platform I started it on, but it was, I think back in 2007. And I just blogged about uh, what I was doing in the classroom and creative ideas and lesson plans and things like that kind of similar to the content I create now for moms on tailor made mama as far as organization things like that. So yeah, I don't know if I I got completely off track but started blog on maternity leave, went back to work for a year, for a school year and made some changes and decisions and decided to stay at home. You know, something that I wrote a lot about on tailor made mama was that decision and some of, you know, my thought process around that and deciding to leave a career and you know people always have things to say about how moms choose to do mom life, and you know I just really want to give a lot of freedom to moms to do what's best for you and your family and there's no no one right way to to do that or no right decision. you just have to follow your heart and pivot you know as you're as you're called to so
0: so I loved following your blog. I know, um, even four years ago when Instagram was kind of starting, I mean, Instagram started 10 years ago, but I think four or five years ago was when moms were using Instagram for sponsor opportunities and for collaboration things. But I remember you and I still love to blog. We were like still OG bloggers because not all Instagram moms have a blog, but you know, we always had our blogs. That's why I think we talked about Pinterest, because that's one tip I want to give to any mom who wants to start an online brand is you can't put all your eggs in one one basket, you can't only be on Instagram or only be on YouTube. I think this is my personal um, opinion. And you may agree with me, I think you will is to always have your own platform, which would be Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. your blog, like for you, you have a Facebook group, Mm -hmm. And that's on another platform. But that community is yours. And I feel like Facebook group is a little different than the Instagram community or even YouTube, I would love for you to take us through um, why you're using Facebook groups to reach other moms, because I think there's something very unique, and um, approachable on Facebook that we don't get. Um, on other platforms. And I remember you just pivoted like you were on Instagram, you kind of like weren't really active on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. we're Facebook friends, so I would see you doing these Facebook lives. And um, I know that you have a like group to help other moms. So can you tell the listeners like why you made that decision to pivot from a blogger to a coach, and what that looked like, and maybe some struggles that you faced, because yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy to, no. um, to do that while raising your child.
1: Right. And, and gosh, I don't even know where to really start. That's going to make much sense. So when, when I became a stay at home mom, I obviously still had my blog. I still had Tailor made mama and I knew going into staying at home for me again, for me, not everyone has the same goals or ideas of what staying at home looks like for me. I knew that I wanted to build a career from home, I knew that I wanted to continue working. I just didn't know, I didn't know how that was going to look. And so, at the time, like you said, I was doing uh, more sponsored posts, and I was monetizing that way, continuing to share my message. And I actually, this is, I don't know how many of your listeners have ever partnered with a network marketing company, but I got introduced to that space through a blogger friend. And she said, Hey, I just partnered with this company. They're like a social selling company. It's basically what you're doing. Do you, you know, if you would want to do this with me, I'll show you how I'm building. And I said, well, if it's not going to impact my brand, if it's not going to impact kind of what I'm already doing i'm I'm for that. I'm about multiple streams of income. I think that's great. If it's a product that I'm already using and sharing my readers and followers are used to me doing that. and so it was just kind of a natural fit. So I kind of like I got into that world uh in that space, but from the vantage point of being a blogger slash you know influencer, I'm doing air quotes. you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. And, you know, got made a lot of contacts in in that world and had, just was always getting a lot of uh, questions about, you know, how are you, how are you building a brand and blogging questions and things like that from people in uh, network marketing. And I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, well, I, I don't have, I I don't have a way to really answer that in a simple, in a simple fashion. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to explain, but in the back of my mind, I think I always thought, gosh, I wish I had. Uh, like my own course or my own framework, or the capacity time wise to sit down and spend with some of these women who I was meeting because they're very entrepreneurial minded. I would see what they were posting on social media to kind of promote their network marketing business, and I would think to myself, "Gosh, they're they're more than that." And I don't mean that like in a derogatory way toward anyone in network marketing, but gosh, you know, they're really their own brand. They have such a strong message that they're sharing, and. You know, number one, they could monetize that, but number two, they could scale that message if they had a platform to do so that wasn't solely contingent upon like the social media algorithm. So, anyway, I just always had that kind of in the back of my mind. And for me, when I stepped into that space, it was a compliment to my personal brand versus my end all be all. And what I've seen just in being in that world and kind of being, you know, in a couple different spaces, I just see a lot of women who, who want to make an impact, they want to make an income online. And they have speaking of eggs in one basket, they have all their eggs in this one basket, because they're presented with this almost business in a box. I sometimes say it in my mind, I've never said that out loud, but they're presented this business in a box. And although it seems simple, you know, today, what it takes to stand out really is having a strong personal brand, knowing what your message is, knowing who you're speaking to, choosing a platform. So I'll answer the Instagram versus Facebook question, choosing a platform, you know, when you're first building a brand or in my case, rebranding and really, you know, making a name for yourself in a different space. I think it's important to pick and consistently publish content on a platform, a social media platform, along with your own, your own platform that you own, which for me, I encourage women to have a website and have a blog. Um, and so with TaylorMade Mama, the platform that I chose to, to build community on was Instagram. And at the time that was what felt good. It felt super aligned. I was loving and having time and space for photography more. And I just loved, I loved building community there. It was also a little bit more anonymous at the time I was working and I could not have my, my first and or last name attached to social media. So having my blog handle as my name and I think most people still probably think my name is Taylor, even though it's not because it was
0: (laughs) Taylor. I I used to think (laughs) I know it's Taylor's your daughter's name, but sometimes I forget that your name is Ashley. Mm -hmm. I just think Taylor made. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, one, one speaking of while I'm thinking of it, you asked about struggles. I think one, and this is, you know, an advice for anyone wanting to kind of make a pivot rebrand. I would do it differently than I did. I kind of just dropped off. I didn't make a, uh, any sort of announcement that I was rebranding. I didn't do much of a transition. In fact, my engagement is just horrible on Instagram now for many reasons, but I think a huge reason is that I just, I changed my handle to my first and last name without doing a build up to that and letting people know. And I did send an email to my email list, but as far as my followers who knew me for one type of content, they may not even recognize my name because it was never attached. So just a little aside, if you ever, if you're listening and you ever you know, want to change your handle, even if you're still creating the same type of content, just have a transition plan and, and, and draw it out a little bit, give your, your followers
0: and your friends uh, a chance to kind of see what it is that you're doing. That's uh, such but- valuable knowledge though. Cause I know, um, there are moms, mom brands who have rebranded, you know, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, I know a few moms, they'll they'll create this brand when they have one child, Mm -hmm. or like two girls, and they end up having more kids, or they end up having a boy in the family, and they have to change their um, name. And I know there are moms who has done that successfully. And I never actually thought about like, what may go into that. But you're so right, we should let our community, even if you only have you know, a couple hundred followers, I think that's like the biggest misconception is when people think, Oh, but I don't have too many followers, they won't notice even if you have 10 followers, that's your community. And that's the community that you should serve because they're following you for a reason. And I also think that we mothers tend to undervalue ourselves, we Mm -hmm. tend to not realize like how much we know, and just how powerful we are in the online space. Just as a voice, as a source of voice. Um, yeah. That probably comes from many reasons, and we don't want to get into that today. But I see that a lot, you know, where moms are like, well, I don't have all the followers, or I don't think anybody really cares. I don't think anyone is watching. I just want to say, if you, even if you have 10 followers, they're watching you, they think you're valuable, and we know a lot more than we think. And Absolutely. I think no matter what your personal page looks like, or no matter what your message looks like today, it can always grow and it can always pivot, it can always change. So if something's not working for you today, it's perfectly fine. It's almost encouraged, I think, to make that change with confidence. And again, that kind of goes back to us undervaluing ourselves and our knowledge.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I see
0: that a lot, a lot. And yeah, I've, a, I've experienced so that. It's amazing yeah. that you you made that pivot and I started seeing you on Facebook. So I was like, I always really loved your mm-hmm. content. And I know oh, um, you. like you're a friend to me because I felt, I think we talked about special ed and you yes. understood the special education journey from not only a mother, but as a program coordinator's perspective. Yeah. And sometimes I am closer to the program coordinators. I don't really even talk to the admin directly yeah. because often they're like the gatekeepers. It's yeah. usually the program coordinators that I feel very grateful for because they're the ones who try to get us the services that we need. So I've, you're just like, you've done so much. And I think that your experience as a teacher and as a program coordinator, all of these skills that you've learned, like set you up for what you're doing today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I really wanted to share and if nothing else, really, I think that's so important to remember is that nothing's wasted unless you allow it to be wasted, you know? I think a lot of a lot of the feedback that I got even from, you know, friends and family when I left my my first career, now I have a different career, but when I left my career, they, you know, I would hear pretty often, honestly, you know, oh my goodness, you're not going to use your degree you know you're you're leaving all of that behind you did you went to school for so many years you're you're really going to leave that are you going to go back and in my mind you know no i'm not and i i do feel that i am i'm using all of the all of the experiences all of the you know failing forward it's funny how things come full circle and you look back and you think, well, gosh, if I didn't have this experience, I wouldn't be able to speak to this person in this way, or I wouldn't have the confidence to show up in that way or whatever it might be. So I think a lot of times, you know, I meet women and who are, they feel like they're stuck in what it is that they started, or they're, there's no way that they could do something different. And you absolutely can. It's, it's just making that decision and moving forward confidently, and not being afraid to be seen starting small in what it is that you're doing, um, and just pushing through and and knowing that you're you're on a mission. You have this message. You have people that you want to serve, and whether that that's ten followers or that's you know ten thousand or a hundred thousand, if you show up with the intent to provide value, to serve them, to speak to them, to solve problems for them, to inspire them. If you come at it like that from day one, there's no way that you won't succeed eventually and your audience will will grow, but you have to be willing to kind of start small. And that's what I had to do when I kind of pivoted into coaching. You know, I started a Facebook group because I decided, you know, I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna build community. Um, I had more of a strong presence at that point on Facebook as a platform and uh decided that I wanted to build there and just really pour into that community energetically and that's where I was going to show up and it's been awesome and it's a completely different community but the intent is the same it's showing up and delivering valuable content to the people that you're meant to serve and and doing that consistently and being a source of guidance almost maybe, like almost like a role model like if you're if you're building a brand online i was told at one point i can't remember by who but to choose what is it that you want to be a role model for? If, if you knew that there was someone, one person out there looking up to you for what it is that you do and the value that you provide and who kind of who you are, you as a person, you know, what would that be? What would that look like? And I just always keep that in mind, you know, as a role model, what should, how should I be showing up for, for the people who might be looking at me in that way? And, you know, I take that as a really A big honor and a big kind of responsibility. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: I just realized like this is exactly why I felt the urge to invite you on the show because you just said so many great things that I 100% wholeheartedly agree with and I can relate to it. There's so much there but one is starting small and not being afraid of starting small and that was my personal like biggest roadblock. I think a lot of it comes from just lack of confidence and Sometimes ego too. Yes. um, Because you have to really be humble to start Mm -hmm. fresh, start from the bottom. And, you know, I see a lot of people who aren't creating content. And this is not to point fingers. And this is a very common misconception that it's easy to show up Mm -hmm. every day and to create content. It's really Mm -hmm. not. And I see people who criticize other moms' content or the quality of their content even though they're not creating content themselves. You know, so mm-hmm. it's easy for them to say, Okay, I don't know why. Th- and and I, I just hear a lot of this. And this isn't just like one community or one particular group, I just kind of hear this type of, yeah. like judging, you know, comments in the mom community. And I always want to say, let the mom begin somewhere. And there that mom is starting small. And that first all my videos, all my first like ph- uh, photographs, it makes me cringe. I hate looking at them. <laughs> I think they're so horrible. I'm sure you can say the same thing, oh right? Oh my
1: gosh, yes. Like
0: I just recorded a voiceover for um, a video that I did a campaign video, and the brand got back to me and said, "Your voiceover sounds robotic, so I need you to do it again." Like even now, you know, like five, yeah. six, seven years into it, there's always going to be someone who. And and this was like, a, just a very constructive feedback. You know, it's it's a job. So I don't take personal offense yeah. to it. But I do feel like it's that type of comments that we're scared of. Yeah, you no, know, we're yeah. scared to be criticized. And that's something that we have to get over. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, if we let that type of criticism affect our content creation, whatever that looks like, it's paralyzing, and we'll never be able to do anything. Right? You no. Know? And that's part of why I was telling you before, like the podcast, I was so afraid of creating imperfect podcast episodes, because this is kind of out of my control. Like today, I'm not feeling my best. But now I think I'm a lot better about showing up. Like you said, I just show up Mm -hmm. and I do it because I know I genuinely enjoy this conversation. I think this goes back to the purpose driven, you know, um, business. If you have a clear purpose, and if you have a clear message, which I know my podcast does. And I know you have a clear message. So for me, this, you know, me not feeling too well today, because I'm weaning, or, you know, me having this horrible meltdown, or, yeah, I did have a meltdown, actually, after my son (laughs) was banging on my door, you saw my Insta stories. And, you know, I don't let these obstacles really affect my workflow. And I'm not, you know, it's, I'd be lying if I say it's not hard, like today, I really had to like step away, close my eyes, I had to just really lock myself in my bedroom and just close my eyes for about 15 minutes and just like, just shut down, you know, like just turn it all off. Yes. But because I have uh, a purpose in showing up like to this episode today, recording this, I don't mind it. Like it's hard sometimes, but I genuinely enjoy it. And I feel like you've, Kind of like broken through that too. I think you know the secret. I don't know. I I
1: I feel like it. I feel like it was easier. It was an easier transition and pivot from kind of the motherhood lifestyle blogging to what it is that I'm doing now than it was to go from uh, leaving my career and starting in the blogging space. To me, that was just such a almost a weird traumatic situation of identity crisis. And oh my gosh, like, you know, I was, you know, making XYZ amount of money as a program coordinator and making all this impact and, you know, all, all of these things. And then I went to, I'm like, I'm literally starting at zero, like zero, zero. Okay. And it was just a, a big identity crisis. And I feel like over the last few years, one of the beautiful things about putting yourself out there, even though it's scary is that it forces you bit by bit and day by day to kind of own who you are and own your message and the people who stick it out, right? You have to, otherwise you'll you'll quit. And you really have to find, like you said, that purpose in what it is that you're doing. And I think for me, I just saw a need and I, I would have continued blogging on Made Mama and having a different monetization strategy and all the things, but I just knew in my heart of hearts that I needed to serve I say you know mompreneurs at this different higher level than I had capacity for with everything else I was doing and so I had to let some things go and I had to choose to hey you know I don't I don't necessarily see a ton of people around me building in this way but it feels in alignment to me I know I can serve in this way these are this is how I can apply my skill sets to this content that I'm trying to deliver. And I just felt so much more confident now after the last few years, uh, owning that and just doing it and then empowering other women to do, to do the same. Like, Hey, if you, you know, especially for women in network marketing who are realizing, Hey, gosh, like, I don't want this to be my only thing. I don't want to be known for this. I want to be known for what it is that I have to offer the world. And, you know, in, and I want to own my platform. I want to have a brand that's actually searchable, like some, I could put out content and have someone find it by searching for exactly what it is that I want them to see. You know, I, that's so empowered. It's been empowering to me. And I know for you too, you know, knowing SEO, utilizing Pinterest and just giving for me, I found, I found a passion, especially over the last year and a half of being able to give that gift to a mom who didn't know that there's another way to build a platform for yourself. Yeah. I just saw this, I, I say it's like an identity crisis in the, in the industry that I kind of my have dipped my toe pretty far into. Um, but I know for me, just uh, teaching women how to build searchable brands is truly a passion and seeing, being a part of their message being scaled is really exciting for me. I'm like, Oh, I feel like I'm a little part of like all these amazing brands and messages just getting out there that they probably would have otherwise, but I still like to be a part of it. It's fun.
0: First of all, I think, you know, your job as a as a teacher and a program coordinator set you up for this, because that's kind of what you're doing. You're coordinating different yep. programs, right on a different yep. platform. And, you know, I also have a master's degree that's unused, and I actually wanted to be a teacher as well. But I was really interested in um, like minority voices, like I was really Mm -hmm. into like feminist literature, minority discourse, me being an Asian American female, I felt that our voices weren't really represented a lot. So the only thing I knew was, okay, let's be a professor. Mm -hmm. And I used to love reading and writing. So let's just teach like, let's get these different books. And you know, just start a dialogue. So what I really wanted to do was very similar, but I didn't know that blogging can lead to anything at the time. Mm -hmm. So when I had to quit my job, you know, you know, my story with my first daughter being born with a genetic condition, it's almost near impossible to find childcare when your child has special needs when they're two and three, they're nonverbal they're still, you know, not potty trained, you know, you have to just be the mom, like the mom has to step up. So I went through major identity crisis as well, because just being a very ambitious person, I think I took really great pride in the fact that I, you know, put myself through school and, you know, I studied hard and got my degrees. And, you know, I, I love to achieve things through hard work. And when all of that kind of just like, didn't matter anymore. And I was just back to changing diapers and, you know, cooking and cleaning, I felt so depressed. And I know that some women do this job beautifully, like my mother, some women are just natural born homemakers, they're amazing cooks. And that's where their talents like shine. And that's all I knew. But for me, I was not that woman. So I almost felt there was a lot of shame in that. And when you're a blogger, and you're like, not making money. I didn't make money for like years. It was a hobby, right? So for me, it was just a creative outlet. I have a really stressful day. My husband's working all day. So he'll come home and I'll say, okay, I'm going to go blog and I'll just like write my, (laughs) I'll just let it all (laughs) out on my journal entry, how how hard it is. And oh my gosh, mother. And that's when Huffington Post was really big. I don't know if you remember, I used to write these, um, motherhood articles. And I got lucky because it got picked up. So I had my own like channel on Huffington Post. So I got into this like just writing motherhood articles that I thought a lot of moms can relate to. Because even then, like eight to 10 years ago, there wasn't too much information out there about this type of stuff like postpartum depression or special needs parenting. Now there are a lot more resources. So I can relate to the not having just losing yourself and feeling that and people don't really understand did you get that question a lot like okay what do you do actually you're blogging now as if like what you're doing was kind of like meaningless and dumb yeah yeah (laughs) yeah completely I mean that's oh
1: gosh it's been it's funny how something you can start something and it just turns into something completely different and life-changing and like almost not soul. I don't want to say soul changing, but confidence changing for sure. Because when you, when you have a job that you can't, sometimes you can't even really explain what it is that you do. Right. Especially when you're starting, when you're first starting out and someone asks what it is you're doing now, I would just, I, I usually remember just saying, I was a stay-at-home mom. I wouldn't even say that I was doing anything else because I didn't really want to answer any questions. And looking back now, I'm like, oh gosh, I would tell myself to do that differently. But it was you—you uh, you hit a nerve with me. I almost teared up a little bit when you said the—the the feeling of like shame and not feeling like you know I was cut out for being a good stay-at-home mom. And I—I I remember feeling, especially the first few months, like, oh my gosh why am I not good at this? Or why does this not feel like my total fulfillment? My mom was so amazing. And she was such a great homemaker. And I'm just not wired in that same way. But I think there are other women like you and I who need to hear that voice that you can be an awesome, amazing mom. And you can also, if you choose to, you can also build a blog, build a brand, have a career from home. You can do that. And that's okay. It's not something that makes you not a good stay at home mom or not a good mom.
0: And I think that's why your Facebook group can be so invaluable for other women because I wish I had that when I was starting out. I was just completely by myself. I didn't have any real life friends who knew what I was doing. I would get a lot of questions like, "Oh, so you just blog? Like what is that? <laughs> like what is that for?" So like you said, I wouldn't even like really go into it. I'll just mm-hmm. say oh, I just stay home. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't really say anything else because people didn't understand. And there was a lot of um, shame, I internalized a lot of my emotions, and I felt very inadequate as a stay at home mom. And things were really difficult during that time with my husband, too, because he would expect me to hold it down, which I understand, because he was, you know, uh, the breadwinner, and he was working hard to support our family. But I wasn't able to hold it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was yes. like struggling. So yeah. my husband would say, you know, but this is your job now. And I he wouldn't say that in a bad way, but I would take it that way. Yeah, I would say, This is not my job. This is just what I have to do right now, but this is not it. And I would feel the sense of like a void. Like I'm not doing what I want to do for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And it felt very lonely. And I wish I had a group like your group. I think that's why this is so needed, Ashley, is because women need each other to kind of be that be that voice. And we can like be each other's cheerleaders. And we can say, Hey, you could do this. I went through it, you know, your emotions are normal. And you know, these thoughts are valid, because it's a very lonely process that our mothers, husbands, even our real life friends may not even understand if they're not in it. Right. Completely, I love
1: hanging out in my Facebook group for that reason, just because if you build, um, you know, for, for those of your listeners that are, are building a brand and want to, it's so powerful to really, to think about who it is that you want to serve and really truly speak to that person. Uh, because now the, the Facebook group that I have, it's called elevate Academy for brand building, intentional influencers and mompreneurs. And I know that's a huge garbled mouthful, but it is so, it is so amazing to see, who ends up in that group and in that community. And it's so tight knit because everyone is having similar shared experiences that other people in their lives, whether they're, you know, emotionally closer with them, but as far as kind of sharing those experiences and, you know, throwing out questions like, how do you deal with this? Or someone posted the other day, what do you say when people ask you what you do? That was literally a question. And, you know, everyone was giving feedback and I just love being a part of something like that, where I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is my, you know, we talk about or hear about tribes all the time, but it really truly is. So, you know, don't be afraid to really speak to one person. You don't have to narrow things down too much, but I think it's really powerful because you can create that uh, sense of, of understanding uh, of just what it is that you're going through, whether it's, you know, building a business as a mom or whatever it is that you personally do, but I think it's awesome. I just think it's so wow. Fun.
0: I bet, I bet, at that moment when you saw that question pop up, you felt like so much, like purpose and joy. I, I could only like, I could just put myself in your shoes. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, I know exactly what yes. that feels like. And now, this mom or this woman has a place to go for answers. Yes,
1: absolutely. And I think sometimes you know, bringing it back to the a lot of the women in the group, they have had or have a a connection or an affiliation with a network marketing company, but they're seeing, Hey, this is not, I want to transition. I want to build a brand. And so being able to empower women and you say, okay, well, what do you do? Like, what content do you create? What is it that you want to do? If you don't want to say what you do, then let's create something new. Let's create your brand. And, um, you know, have you feel excited to tell people exactly what it is you do and you don't have to tell them how many followers you have, but who do you serve? What is it that you do? How do you serve? How do you help them?
0: So when you say network marketing entrepreneurs, like women who are in this, can you maybe go a little more into that? So are these um, like your ideal clients or Mm -hmm. your community, are they women that have these existing businesses who are feeling unfulfilled, like they're trying to pivot and build more of a personal brand?
1: Yes, exactly. So I have a couple, I have a, my kind of signature program or course is not network marketing specific. It's how to build out basically a brand framework, a searchable brand framework. So that's not specific to network marketing, but my Facebook group really is, at least I I intend for it to be women who are in network marketing. A, a lot of them see, I don't want to say see the light, but you know, today with how saturated the market is, everyone, you know, is like you know, partnered with a company and they're sharing, you know, who they're partnered with, and that's what they post about. And they're being taught these strategies that aren't effective anymore, especially with how saturated it is. And for me, I know and believe in my heart of hearts, the only way to be successful in that space is to have influence, is to have a brand is to stand out. And even then it's really difficult. And so for me, it was never all in one basket. It was a compliment to my personal brand and what it is that I was doing and building for myself. And I just, I feel like by the content that I share and the message that I share, sometimes it turns people off because they're not in that place. And they do want that to be their end all be all. But the women that I want to work with and who I'm speaking to are really women who have that, message-driven entrepreneurial spirit and just got into that through network marketing and are seeing, gosh, there's other, I could do more than this. I could, I could be my own brand. I could, you know, the, their, I want their eyes to be opened. And so I do have a lot of women who have network marketing partnerships, but they're making that transition to viewing themselves as a kind of making that subtle shift from being a consultant or distributor or whatever title it is to an influencer in the space that they want to create influence and impact in. And that is what I want to do because, you know, part of network marketing for some people is, you know, building, building a team. And that's something that I have done. I enjoy leadership. I enjoy team building, but, I never encourage anyone to just put all their eggs in one basket. It's like, okay, this is a compliment to your brand. Like what's your brand? How, what are you building for yourself and your community? And how is this something that can be a a prong of that versus the end all be all. And that's not a super popular, shocking. I know not a super popular uh, perspective in that space, but I think it's honest and it's real and it's, I credit any success that I've had in that space to the fact that I do have this framework built out, that I do have a following that I've built trust with over time. And those are the things that I want to teach. So I just have a different, I come at it from a different angle. And so I've just sort of stepped into that and I work with women that are not in that space and some who are, but it's all the same message. It's, you know, brand yourself and be yourself and that your perspective is, I think a lot of people think well i can't get started in you know fitness coaching or i can't get started in whatever whatever niche that they want to build a brand in because there's so many people doing it but there's no one that has you know our unique perspective that we can bring to things and so just stepping into that and what are your like we were talking about what are your experiences what are the things that you can bring and most of that is just being willing to be vulnerable and open. And Angela, you do such an amazing job. That's what I've always admired so much is that in your writing and in all your content, you are willing to be vulnerable and open with your readers and audience. And you said with, with the article, "Oh, I got lucky. It's not, that had nothing to do with luck. It really is. You're an amazing writer and it's, it's magnetic because you're willing to go there, be open, be vulnerable, speak about the things and share about the things that other people aren't willing to, because you want to serve them. And that's, that's skill, talents, all the all of the above. So not luck. I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Thank you so much for saying that. I really need that affirmation sometimes because I don't get it often. But for me, first of all, like being vulnerable and open was part of my purpose that was part of my message. That's why my um, brand was called Mommy Diary, because I realized when I was deep in depression, there was like no one that was doing that. There are beautiful bloggers and Instagram influencers with their perfect photos. And don't get me wrong, I love pretty images too. Yes. But um, that's part of why I started this podcast, because I realized a lot of people weren't reading my old blog posts. So a lot of the people who are finding now only knew me as like Instagram influencers, but that was just like an extension of my blog. And that was not entirely who I was. So I felt like my message was just kind of being lost. So Mm -hmm. part of this podcast was a way for me to um, serve my audience in a more genuine way, like a, a way that's more true to my roots. And also, I really believe in the value of women coming together And us sharing our stories, because I think that's why I'm not scared, to be honest, because I at the end of the day, we all go through similar problems. And I think the reason why it's we think it's so scary is because we don't share them. So we think, oh, I'm having, you know, these struggles with my husband, it must be just me, or, you know, my kids are acting a certain way, I feel like I'm losing control over their behavior, it must be just me. And once I started opening up, I started realizing, it's not just me, like, like just yesterday, I shared um, a post about um, my daughter crawling for the first time. And it really almost made me cry, because it brought back the early days of my motherhood, where my first daughter wasn't crawling, she wasn't walking, and it kind of triggered all the emotions that I used to feel when she would never meet her milestones. I felt a lot of joy, but I also felt a lot of sadness for the parents who may be going through this today, right? Like, for me, you know, I, I had 10 years to work through these emotions. But I remember when it was fresh, I mean, you really feel like your world is just crumbling down when your child is diagnosed with something. So I think for me, like that was always my purpose was to make you know, moms, no, it's not just you. You know, these issues, these problems, these struggles is not just you. And I really see that as a gift that God gave me, like my ability to just be honest and vulnerable. Cause for me, it's not like I don't see any shame in that. I almost mm-hmm. see more as empowering yeah. because I think that's where you know a mother's true strength is like shown, and also we build it too. Like the more I share it's all, it's funny because like the universe will kind of mirror back what I'm doing. So the more I share and the more, you know, I connect with other moms, I'll meet some other amazing moms and they'll share their stories. So there was like this constant back and forth. It wasn't, I didn't, I don't feel like it was just me like putting it out there and everyone was just looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? It was really like, Right. I'm sure you feel that too. I just feel yeah. I felt better. Like the more I shared, the more honest I got, I made more valuable connections. I just felt like it was healing for me yeah. as well. So, um, this entire journey for me was definitely purpose driven from day one. And I think that's yeah. why I still love what I do. And I show up even on these hard days and I can see that about you. So, that's why, you know, I have a lot of Instagram friends from back back in the days but you know I don't keep in touch with all of them they all kind of do different things but you actually always is like one of my like I like original like blogger friends because I can sense that about you too that you have like this very genuine message and when you tell me about your course and why it's like you're brilliant it makes perfect sense to me because you're right women who are in network marketing they're not just selling the product, they're selling themselves a part of their knowledge. For example, if you're into like essential oils, you know, you're selling this clean, non toxic lifestyle that you believe in, right? You know, if you're selling like a weight loss program, or a fitness, you know, program, you're selling this healthy lifestyle that you've discovered that you want to share with other women. So like, for me, that perspective that you shared, it makes perfect sense. And it's brilliant. And I'm so glad you're doing this. Thank you. That means a lot. It was, it made me nervous. It
1: honestly made me really nervous going back to that being seen starting small, because I knew, I knew it's what I wanted to do. I knew it's the direction that I wanted to take and the, the audience I'm doing air quotes again, the audience that I wanted to serve and that I had that platform to do. But I felt like I was, you know, abandoning my second child by not blogging on TaylorMade Mama regularly. And, you know, thank goodness for Pinterest because of, you know, residual message getting out there and all of that. Like that's been absolutely incredible and allowed me to pivot because I built that out. But I was really nervous about stepping into that and really just owning that that's what I wanted to do because I thought, well, does anyone, I know there's some people who need this, but. Is there like a big enough need where, you know, I'm needed in this space? And it's, it's turned out that there is. And I think it's for someone like you, you, you understand how to incorporate, you know, from all of our experience with doing sponsored posts and things like that. We understand how to call it like story selling, almost how to organically incorporate a product into your authentic content. But network marketing teaches almost, almost in fact, the opposite of that, uh, where it's, you're, you are becoming a billboard for a brand rather than incorporating that brand into your own brand authentically and
0: organically. And so I'm like, I got to teach this because
1: I really wow. enjoy it. And, you know.
0: I just, right, right, When you said that I got, wow, you're so right about that. I never even thought about it in that way, but you're so right. So When you're like an influencer, I don't really like that. But when you're an influencer, (laughs) let's say in like a fitness, you know, um, lifestyle Mm -hmm. or clean beauty, let's say then you're not only selling the product, you're also helping people live this lifestyle that you believe in. Mm -hmm. But when you're selling just a product or through network marketing, they're not really interested in your personal story. They're just more interested in you just pushing the product out. Hey, this is how you do it. These are the numbers and this is the different ranking or, you know, positions that you have in the company. I'm not too familiar with it, but I think that's how it works. And a lot of women are in network marketing because they are, you know, good in business and they have ambitions and they have goals. But I can totally see what you mean that maybe they're kind of lost in that world. Yes. Yeah. You help them see like a different yeah. perspective that is yeah. not only selling for that brand, but it's like you're helping them be, be, be more empowered. Ess- essentially, they're selling what they believe in and their stories and their experiences.
1: Right. And and coming up with their own products. I mean, really, truly, there's just so many different ways to monetize. And it's so empowering when you can either package up your own knowledge or there's just so many different ways that you can monetize influence in whatever space, but I do think that a lot of really, you know, ambitious women, especially nowadays, when they get into network marketing, they're like, Oh, well, you know, the way that you do the way that you create impact is like this strange top earner dream. Like I've got to be a top earner and speak on my company's stage. And I'm over here like, Hey, you can build your own stage with a lot more readers than you would have in an audience at your convention. But that's not taught by and and some companies are better than others. Um, the one I partner with is awesome. They do teach a little bit more in depth, but you can't teach someone how to build out a searchable brand by like bringing them onto your network marketing team. It's just not possible. There's not that capacity. And so I love now having a way to do that if there's someone like, how do you build? like how how did you do this? or how did you do that? I'm like, well, I, I, I can actually show you that now in a way that won't take, you know in a way that's efficient for for everyone. So, it's fun.
0: I might have to join your Facebook group one day because I've mm. always wanted to start a course because I feel like I have a lot of strategy that works yeah. um, in terms of attracting brands. I'm so busy with sponsor things and this was never my goal. I see it as something that helps me pay the bills and I only choose brands that I genuinely enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I also and I love what I do. But I also want to help other moms do what I do. Because I feel like now that I've been doing this for many, many years, I've learned tips and tricks. And there was no one teaching me, I had to kind of figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. And now I feel pretty solid with that knowledge. Yeah. So um, I might have to contact you and absolutely how you're really should, especially with the
1: yeah, especially with a podcast, just having, you know, I'm sure so many of your listeners are could benefit from your knowledge packaged up in, is to help them build their business. So I
0: yeah, so I would love to a, do that. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to ask now that I've been hearing your story, what you're your what you're doing right now is amazing, by the way. And I'm so glad I got to chat with you because I really was curious myself, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. I knew <laughs> what that does she do now? was so much more. <laughs> To it. But I, I never thought it was, you know, like, I never thought it was minor. I always knew what you were doing was very important work in the community. So I'm glad that I have more experience now. And I want to ask you, like, how did you, when you said it was really scary to leave your your degree, like leave your job, this very stable, consistent income and a job title that everybody knows and applauds to becoming a blogger and to becoming this business coach that people aren't very familiar with. Like every time you come to that point, where you have to make a decision, like what gets you through? Is there something you tell yourself? Um, How do you make that decision? Because I know that there are moms out there who are right there where you're at and they're struggling because like they lack that confidence or, you know, that voice. They just need a little push. Gosh, that's a really, really good question.
1: Let me see if I can think of what it is. And part of it is confidence, but I think that's built up and how you build confidence is doing things scared. And so when I think about like, what was my mindset? Like when I was leaving from, when I made the decision to leave, I was Terrified. I remember the conversation with my boss, the director of special ed. And I was just thinking, she's gonna be so disappointed in me. She's gonna think I'm nuts. Like, what do I even say? I was sweating profusely. I I was so nervous to have that conversation with her and telling my parents, I was so nervous. I was so scared. It wasn't like there was a lack of fear, or I was super confident about it. But I think I just knew I did feel very confident in where I was supposed to be for, for a season and and just knowing, you know, having that peace about, okay, I don't, I feel nervous. I don't feel super confident in all the things, but I did feel really confident. And I knew in my heart of hearts and in my intuition that I needed to be at home with Taylor for me. Like that's just, I had this driving thing, right? Just, I want to be available to her. I want to be available to her. And I, who knows how that's going to play out, but I knew strongly inside that so that trumped everything. So I think just getting back to your, what is your motivation? And if it's a strong enough motivation and it comes from the heart, you can do things scared and then build confidence. Like if it, if you don't have a strong enough internal motivation, this is where like the times when I haven't been able to pull the trigger on doing something, it's when I don't have that like heart thing where it's like, you've got to do this. And so just getting in tune with yourself through prayer, or however, someone does that for their own personal Journey, Just really getting in tune with your, you know, sometimes you hear it as like your why or whatever. And I think there is something to that. Why is it that you want to make this pivot? You know, is there, There, it has to be something bigger than, you know, bigger than you. And that's a really roundabout way of saying that's I, I how I did it. I just it did perfectly. everything. Super scared.
0: Super scared. I think you said it perfectly. One is, and this is the same message that I keep going back to with every guest is you have to first listen to your intuition, Like only Mm. we know, like we have to listen to our heart, Um, whether, you know, however you interpret that. And we have to listen to our intuition and we have to do things scared. And that's another thing that keeps coming up. All the women, um, the amazing inspirational women who's been on the show, like they've all told me the same thing. They did it scared. We didn't know like where this is going to lead to. We can't control anything. (laughs) We just have to have this sense of Like if you keep thinking about it and you can't let it go, it probably means that's, yes, that's your next move. You know, like if you're out there thinking, should I start, should I do it? Like sometimes we overthink ourselves out of something that we're meant to do. You just have to do it. Yes. This
1: just totally brought something to mind. So one thing that helped me so much in this last kind of pivot, because I feel like, man, I'm just like the pivot, pivot queen. What is going on here? But the thing that really helped was remembering that your next step that you take doesn't have to be what you do forever. And so I think sometimes people sit there and they're like, if I join this company, or if I start a blog on this topic, or if I, your next step doesn't have to be your forever step, but you have to learn along the way, as long as you're leading with your message, you're leading with your heart and what you feel called to do. And you're learning skills, like you're skilling up all along the way you'll be able to set yourself up for a pivot if, and when you feel your intuition guiding you towards something else, you know? So just kind of remembering that you're not locked in just because you start just like with any job. You're yeah, you like we have that's- to
0: give ourselves more flexibility and grace and just yeah. know that like yeah. if this doesn't work, it's not a big deal. Okay, You know, yeah, yeah. Know. if your next step, you know, you don't don't sit there and think of a million ways why it can't work. And because we tend to do that out of fear, yeah. it could be like the fear that's speaking instead of our intuition. So now I've yes. been a lot better at distinguishing like I would ask myself okay is this coming from my fear or is this coming from my heart and I don't let fear decide anything for me anymore I spent my entire life not doing things or not saying things or just like not listening to myself because of fear, I let fear guide me and and the end result was never good. So I've learned Amen. from my experience. So now I if I know that it's fear that's making me make this decision then I would just not listen to it. The fear that's never so truly good. goes away. It never okay. truly goes even now the criticism is always there from other people, brands, whoever, but you just now The more you do it, I think the easier it becomes like doing things scared.
1: Totally. And if you fail worst case scenario, I mean, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? You do fail. Those are the times when you can actually like learn and fail forward and then do things differently next time and assess, okay, what what could I have done differently? And those are some of the times when, you know, things that have not gone well, like mini course launches or things like, why didn't that go well? And then I can crush it on the next one because I learned from things from a failure that you wouldn't have otherwise. So I think looking at it as, well, the worst that can happen is I fail. And then I learn something super valuable that I can either share with someone else to help them on their journey or, you know, advance my own. So.
0: Oh, yeah. And can we talk about all the things that you learn as a blogger? Let's say um, you want to start a blog for something or for whatever reason, whatever you know your niche is, you mm-hmm. learn so many skills. I learned how to oh gosh. start a web page. I learned like basics of SEO and I learned Photoshop, Lightroom, all the softwares yeah. that I am using now. I, it's self-taught. And I'll just sit there, watch YouTube clips. Now, everything, any, you, like you have so much information right at your fingertips without yeah. even leaving the house that there really is no excuse for not totally. knowing how to do something except for fear. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. And uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot, right? Through blogging yeah. and even on your Pinterest. Uh, I mean, Facebook Live, how how does that feel? that Facebook Live scares me so much. I don't know if I could ever do that live. It's just that fear of saying the wrong thing.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I wish if there were some way to show you right now, my first live I've done hundreds and hundreds now, but my very first one public speaking is literally like my worst, worst fear. Like it's so uncomfortable. It's more less so now, but speaking off the cuff, with no ability to edit is so scary and terrifying. And in my very first live, I literally, I first of all, I was like basically in the dark. I had no lighting. It was very dark and very creepy looking. And I looked like a deer in headlights the whole time. No smile, just completely serious. Very like, almost like a, a robot. I think I was reading from something. It was horrible. And the first like 50 were probably like that, honestly, because it was so uncomfortable. I'd sit there like looking at the live button. I just couldn't press it for 15, 20 minutes. And I finally would. And I'd get through it, but it's the same as with anything after each one. I was like, well, that really sucked. But I learned something like, well, okay, I've got, I've got to work on this. And just over time, I've now gotten really, I don't love it. It's not my f- favorite ever but i do think that you know video is a great way to connect especially when if you're coaching and you want your potential clients to get to know you because they want to know who it is that they're working with and there's no way for them to do that in that setting without well it shortcuts that process of someone feeling like they're getting a chance to get to know you and vibe with you and see if it's a fit if you're doing live videos so i just do one per week i have a theme you know, weekly kind of theme, and I go live on that theme, turn it into a blog post, repurpose that content. So I've got a whole system going. But now I kind of like it and I still feel uncomfortable, but it's gotten so much easier. But my first one was like one of the worst moments ever. Like, I can't do this. I quit. I'm already out before I'm in. So if anyone's nervous about lives, I was too. And the other good thing to know is you don't have to do lives to build a business. Like that's not a thing that you have to do. It really kind of just depends on what it is that you're doing. I mean, you can just sit in your room and blog to your heart's content and learn SEO and utilize Pinterest and you can build a brand that way. But I think video is really powerful if you're, if you can get yourself comfortable and kind of get your feet wet and doing that.
0: That's amazing. I think you're such a natural on camera. Um, I used to watch some of your Facebook. I don't really spend so much time on Facebook anymore, but yeah. whenever I do see you, I would watch. You're such a natural and I would never think that you were scared, but no, know, like knowing from my personal experience, people will say like, even this podcast, I still, it still makes me nervous, but you know, now yeah. I just, like you said, I have a message driven business. And I mean, I don't think this is this podcast is not a business for me, but I have a purpose. And I have, yeah. a you know, I, I feel so much joy, knowing that I'm just following that purpose. So all the yeah. other things just kind of fall away. It's like, it's there, the fear is always there. Like today, I a part of me was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm not in the best condition to record right now. But you know what, I'm just gonna show up. And now I feel so great. I feel like this Aww. episode is amazing. <laughs> I learned so much. And you know, once you show up, I think that's like you've done half the work just by showing up. Yes, And if and- you're doing it with purpose, it just flows, right? It just works out somehow. Yes. And that's
1: so much more real and authentic. And I think that's what, that's what people crave. I know that's what I crave is just show me like, where are the people who are whole healed real, like show me those people. That's who I, I feel comfortable with. And that's who I'm inspired by yourself being one of those people where it's just, you know, the, the imperfect and the showing up, you know, without everything being so dialed in is just so much more appealing, you know, and really, I think people think you have to be so perfect to show up online and so perfect to build a brand. And you really don't, you just have to be keep it real, please.
0: (laughs) I agree, especially in the motherhood community, right? Like Mm -hmm. we have to I mean, if we're not real with each other, you just can't survive. I tried faking it Mm -mm. for a couple years, Mm -hmm. and I ended up depressed. I, I ended up, I tried doing, no, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Like not speaking of anything. Like I did that and I learned the hard way that that's the worst thing I can do to myself. I ended up depressed. I had to take antidepressants for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I hit the lowest point of my life. And once through that experience, I've learned, okay, this is not working for me this hiding away Mm -hmm. acting like everything's perfect and not sharing and not connecting. And I think for me, there was a lot of shame in saying I am not happy where I'm at right now not being able to care for, you know, my two children, I just felt so overwhelmed. But thank God I came out of that shell. Because that led to the blog and it led to everything else. And I am honestly, So happy, even though my life is crazy, (laughs) even now. (laughs) And the pivot, I'm also the queen of pivot, especially when it comes to children, because I never thought I had this many kids. (laughs) Um, I I said I was done at two. Like when you met me, I had two kids and I was so done because I had a really rough time. And, you know, little did I know that God had more in store for me. And I just had to, again, you know, follow my intuition and just do just kind of like take it one day at a time, you know, and I'm so happy like that you found the same, you know, we're doing different things, but you found the same purpose. And I just think that what you're teaching these women are is just so valuable. And I might want to join your course because I need help from someone like you to be
1: super fun to work on it. Work on a passive product or course for you to
0: have because you do have so much knowledge. I, I mean, do all the things and
1: that you've learned. I know. And and you talked about
0: the 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 um, the residual income and then the multi. What was the word again? Multi revenue multiple streams of multiple streams of income yeah i that's my next goal but i just don't have the time right now so again i'm just taking it one day at a time i got the podcast down and you know i'm raising my baby but that would that is really going to be something that's in my future i want to do that yeah Um, not just for revenue but really to help moms because there are so many opportunities out there for moms to monetize From home, their blog and their social media pages. And I feel like the brands keep coming to me because there's there could be more of me, you know. Like I I think I must be, I have my, you know, my strategy and I have things that I've learned, my tips and tricks. And I really want to teach moms this. Yes. Like the perfect person, right? Am I an ideal client for you? Yes. (laughs) Okay, perfect. You are (laughs) so we can work together. Yeah. my gosh. Thank you so much, Ashley. Um, so great talking to you and thank you for your patience through, you know, everything I know yesterday had to reschedule and this has just been like the reality of my 2020. Same. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Yesterday I was like, yep, that's (laughs) works for me. We have to be
1: flexible. It's a good lesson, I guess. Right. 2020 is like the year that you just, what else is going to happen? Let's just roll with it and do what we can. And
0: Oh No, seriously, I I think like one day we're going to look back to this year and just think about all the lessons that we've learned. And it's just incredibly challenging. And I really learned not to take things for granted. I mean, I just want to dine out. I just want to be out and like hug people. Yes. I just want like, and I'm an introvert. And I'm okay. Like even when March came, I was like, oh, this is not bad. <laughs> uh-huh. I was actually it's kind of my it, normal but, lifestyle. Yeah, but now I'm like, I can't wait to just be in a public place. And I really learned the yeah. value of people. You know, like friends yeah. and even like strangers who I just see outside mm-hmm. of the home. And it really taught me like we're meant to um, live in community, like not in yeah. isolation.
1: Yeah, it's so important. I, I I feel similarly as an introvert as well. Like
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for your time today. I feel like I can talk to you oh, forever, but we both have Likewise. kids to take care of. Yeah. So can you let the listeners know where you can find your group and your website? Oh, I didn't know that you have a a personal website now. So can you um, give us a little more information? And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes so that they can find you.
1: For sure. So pretty much everything is on ashleysamadani.com. Lots of lots of A's in that Ashley uh has links to, I'm still blogging just in a completely different content content area, but uh, I've got my Facebook group should be linked there. If it's not, it's elevate Academy. If you search elevate Academy, it will pop up. You'll see a picture of me. So it will be <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Those are kind of my website is pretty much where you can find links to, you know, course info and Facebook group and free course info and all of that kind of stuff. So
0: Thank you so much, Ashley, for being on the show. It was so great talking to you. And I can't wait to meet you in person and hug you and give you a big hug. Likewise, <laughs> this was such an honor, Angela. Thank
1: you so much for inviting me. And this was just so much fun to chat with you.
0: So much fun. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Good night. You are my son. Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next.